0: welcome to the Texas oil and gas podcast the show dedicated to bring you the news from the oil patch deep in the heart of Texas with your host Ryan Ray and Josh Shelton
1: and we're back with the Texas oil and gas podcast we appreciate you tuning in this is episode 192 192 we are what well, five weeks into 2021 Ryan and it looks like oil prices are coming up and things are looking good. Uh, I think I saw a review that came in uh over yeah. the, the weekend, right? Yeah, so if,
0: I don't know, when we, real quick, people, multiple people have asked, you know, where'd the music go, the e-haul, bring it back. So, you know, when we lost Nate, um, which we should, we should start a campaign to bring Nate back, I think, Josh, maybe like a campaign to bring Nate back um, through sponsorships or, or something like that. Anyways, we lost Nate, it's like, okay, you know, we produce, I produce a lot of shows going through here doing this, 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 cost effective so we tried to incorporate it like you just heard which is we just press the button and hopefully it plays what we've learned is is that sometimes it doesn't work out right so we just cut that out altogether. however we tried to get it in this one because Diesel Mechanic Bob left us a five star review that is correct we will do just about anything for a five star review says I listen to every episode great cast to listen while grilling with a couple cold ones I do miss the intro they used to have bring back the yeehaw. here you go one more time Hopefully, hopefully that came through on there. We are now at 295 five stars, Josh. Five simple five-star reviews on iTunes to get us to 300. I mean, I think so. And then, you know, should we start like a bring back Nate campaign? I know he's hinted to offline that he might want to come back. And so um, I think I think it's possible. We you know, we've got enough, we have enough listeners that if we had a listener-supported type program, we could bring Nate back and obviously he could be the butt of our jokes again.
1: So. <laughs> yeah. We need somebody. We need somebody to take the brunt off of us. Somebody that just screws up all the time. And, uh,
0: you get back to Yee hall every episode. We promise that you would get it back every episode. Uh, so I think that we'll do. We'll leave a link to, um, the, the war room newsletter, which is one way you can support the show in the show notes. And we'll, we'll start with that. See how it goes. The other thing is, this Thursday, Josh, this Thursday, I will be on a panel. Let me pull it up here. I apologize. I'll leave a link. For this is a free webinar. And uh, will gas prices, about old, uh, gasoline, go to $4 by the end of 2021? It will be myself, uh, Jay Young, and, oh, good, Josh, hold on. Let me get the graphic up here. Um, Stuart Turley will be um, on that panel. It will be 1 o'clock Central Time on February 11th. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes. It is free to register. So two links to check out there. One to support the show. Maybe we bring Nate back. I mean, we we can't force Nate to come back, obviously. But pay someone else. We probably actually, you know, if we had enough support, we probably get someone actually qualified to do the job that we had
1: Oh, we definitely do that. <laughs> actually, we're gonna qualified producer this time. Yeah. So bring back Nate's uh, intelligent doppelganger. That would be uh, all we need. Yes.
0: Yes. Someone. Yeah, I, I agree.
1: Well, Ryan, uh, this week, uh, article from MRT, oil prices climbed back to pre-COVID levels. Uh, they were at 57. I checked oilprice.com this morning. I believe they were still just over 57. Yep. 57.76 at this uh, at this time. Uh, I remember the sweet spot used to be uh, 55. Uh, I don't know how much has changed out in the oil patch in the last two months, uh, as far as you know, where companies can uh, thrive for the most part. I know it's different for every company, but uh, 55 was the 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 price that a lot of companies were wanting to stay at or above in order to uh, to to have some decent cash flow. So good news to see it at 57 and. With the OPEC news that came out, we had another article we're going to hit in, in, a, in a minute. It, this might this might uh, stick around for a while.
0: Well, it's interesting. So, I don't know, for those of you who didn't read um, Mark Pisano's piece in the War Room newsletter on Friday, talking about inflation and how it's coming, that's going to be kind of the, the battle to watch here, is how much is inflation messing with prices versus actual market fundamentals as we go through 2021. Um, and then, you know, as far as OPEC goes, we'll see here. So, OPEC is saying um, their next meeting is in um, the first week of March, right? I think. And I think the first week of March is when they will have to decide um, for their April and May um, deliveries, if I, if I remember correctly. I think Ellen, that's what Ellen said last week. So, We'll see. We'll see what OPEC does. We're still a ways off before I would put any eggs in any baskets. And then another the thing is, if you look at the China Lunar New Year demand numbers, they're way down, way off the mark. And so I think we're still going to have to reckon with. Um, so think like, like this. We had 100 million barrels a day, and we were producing oil to meet the 100 million barrels a day. Right. So we we'll had to get we we'll to see what the new uh, daily demand metrics are and how the supply is fed. So right. So if you went down to 50 million barrels a day, the supply. This needs to come down to match that and the price levels back off. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you know we're still kind of rebalancing all that out and what to figure it out. So if you had a huge spike in demand, you'd have a huge drawdown in supply. If you have a huge build up in supply and demand stays flat. Right. So we, we I think we're still a little early to get too overly excited. And the question that is going to be is what do the U S producers do? Do they go out there and start drilling the price down, turning the ducks on things like that? And if so, then, um, You know, what you know, that might not be good for the great folks in the great state of Texas. And you know, the counter all that, Josh, you have the Biden administration who might send prices higher by preventing folks from drilling. Yeah. You know, it's got, I think we're kind of sitting here going, okay, hmm, a lot of moving parts to figure out where the price will end up at
1: so the the million dollar question for 2021 is uh what does Spiegner think about all this i mean, I mean have we heard his opinion i mean he he should be pretty excited about uh
0: okay i'm glad you brought up speaker so the last time i heard from Spiegner was on when was this this was can i get a date here october 20th I was on my, my, my road trip and he sent a string of long text um lamb, uh, blasting the only gas industry listen if we had nate back we could get back to the streeter says we have a a library full of the speaker things we have not produced so anyways um yeah i don't know speaker pretty disheartened about oil and gas companies and what they're going to be doing so i guess we'll we'll see if he pokes his head back out speaker if you're out there I could text him, I suppose, but he is free to let us know what he thinks and reach out.
1: Yeah, I'd be interested to, to see um, his thoughts. I know he he mentioned that Trump was killing the the old economy, uh, and that Democrats may actually benefit on just on this just looking from this price standpoint. Right. they may actually push the price higher, and that may be better for people yeah. in his position which may be reasonable, um, at least for a short term, uh, consideration. So this uh, article, you are we already kind of hit on this all settles above 56 fuel by OPEC, uh, plus commitment on supply. Um, we're waiting on their meeting for March to see what their plans are for April and May. If they end up, uh, continuing their current levels through May, then that might hold prices higher for longer. Um,
0: yeah, the w- one thing that I, I'm curious about if, if the Saudis come back out and kind of go the opposite end of the spectrum. So instead of keeping it cut and below, and, and remember one of the things I said that Saudis an answer cut was um, you have to wonder if they are expecting a drop in demand. And it seems that they expected a drop in demand, got a drop in demand. Um, so now if they, if we go to the end of February, you know, what will the demand look like? And you know, will they come and put back on you know, 1 million 1.5, 2 million barrels a day, and then all of a sudden, the uh, you know, if you have the the U.S. producers who have decided to increase production a certain percentage, and the Saudis want to put that much on the market, well, then you can see the price go back down because you have overcorrection. So um, now the Saudis could keep their million million barrels a day off the market, and things kind of level off, and you're you're okay. Uh, but I think we have still gotta still have to wait to see how that plays out.
1: So uh, there was a couple of things that I I noticed. There's one article (coughs) that was uh, Reuters uh, hedge funds bet on oil's big comeback after pandemic hobbles producers. Um, And one of the things we've always said is you want to watch where the people that are spending the money, what are they doing? And uh, there are several hedge funds that are actually betting on oil to not necessarily be back at pre-pandemic levels anytime soon, but... Uh, just from a long-term standpoint, it's still a good investment if you make the right investment. And I think that's that's at least promising because I know that a lot of people are hesitant to put their money in oil right now. And I mean, it makes sense. You know, The Keystone Pipeline is getting pulled. I mean, there's all sorts of investments that are going to discourage people from putting money into certain things. But from a general perspective, these hedge funds still think it's a good bet. Well,
0: okay. It's interesting because I'm reading this a little bit differently. I'm reading this as, so let's see here. Um, they bought Exxon Conoco, uh, they're short in BP. It says, um, increased into shell, Royal Dutch shale, shell, S H E L L. Um, and then I thought there's one more, maybe that's it, but those are, those are the big boy companies, right? And so we talk about the Biden administration helping out oil and gas and helping at the price. Um, you know, you look at it and say, you know, how does that, you know, how does that, um, help out the companies? What well, helps out the, the big companies,
1: right? Mm-hmm. You
0: there, Josh? I don't know if we had a,
1: yeah, yeah, I'm here. I think we got a little glitch in the internet. Yep. I don't know if it.
0: Okay. We back? I think we're back.
1: I'm good on my end. Uh, I don't know if it's my internet or your oh. internet. Let me, yeah, we're good.
0: Um, and anyways, I was saying to ago we were talking about the Biden administration and helping out oil and gas. Well, these companies are betting on, at least according to this article, the big companies, right? So oil and gas helps out um, – well, uh, the Biden administration helps out oil and gas, and it helps out the big oil and gas companies, so Clinton, Phillips, you know, ExxonMobil, Shell. So – I wonder if that's more the play that they're looking at this saying, okay, we can, we can invest in these big oil and gas companies who will have a little bit more diverse policies, uh, you know, portfolios. And on top of that, they will be able to um, withstand some of the regulatory burden that's coming down the pipe.
1: Yeah. Well, that, that's certainly true too. Um, uh, The, the, the big companies are benefiting the most from uh, the current situation, you know, with the white house and the banning and, um, and also, there's an article we have here that, that ties into some things we've been talking about. Democratic state lawmakers want to tax flared vented natural gas. Um, it, the article goes on to say Texas oil industry says no, but uh, these lawmakers are that are wanting to do that, I can almost guarantee you will benefit from these taxes in some way or another. And these big companies will probably figure out ways to use those taxes to monopolize their their hold on the industry. That would be my guess.
0: Wouldn't surprise me.
1: No, no. And, and that meant it's, it's strange that uh, people that are voters, you know, in New Mexico or Texas, that they're not aware of what's going on. Uh, that, that we see certain moves being made with these climate uh, activists that are essentially just giving more power to the the big oil and gas companies. I mean, they're just making it harder for the little guy.
0: Well, I think it kind of goes back to what we talked about a few weeks ago, which is you have folks who are in one part of the state and they are sitting there going, you know, um, this is what we're, we're concerned with. And folks in another part of the state who are concerned with something different. And, you know, it's um, population density and, you know, voter demographics and all that stuff comes into play and you kind of get stuck.
1: Yeah. So here's, here's a quote from Todd Staples in this article. It says uh, he's the president of the Texas Oil and Gas Association. He said a tax on flare or venting gas would create unnecessary burdens for companies that are already moving toward eliminating the practice. Um, so it's just, it, it would be um, taxing something that they're already trying to deal with. It's just, Going to hurt these companies even more and prevent them from uh, from doing a better job of of getting rid of it. it so um, I would tend to agree. I, I don't I don't like the idea of trying to tax these uh, these companies on vented or flare gas. Um, I mean that there are issues of uh, efficiency that they want to get they want to keep as much of this as they can. Just from a financial standpoint, it makes sense to want to keep it. Um, so. I think I think the companies are already dealing with it. Just from a free market standpoint, I think it's going to deal with itself.
0: Well, this is, is you know, I generally am concerned to say that we should always we should ever use taxes to deter behavior because it's not like they're going to get rid of those taxes in the future.
1: No, no, even when the hey okay, listen,
0: listen, we've 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 got our point across, you know, um, so that, that's just not going to happen.
1: So I don't. You remember uh, was it two weeks ago, when um, Sergio was on, and I asked him about uh, Houston. Just I, I've heard from people in Houston that the um, that the the market was having a hard time. Um, even from the real estate perspective, I've heard from people that have been relocating up here uh, that some of the houses that are in certain price ranges have been very hard to sell because they're not pulling in those level jobs the way they used to. So this article I have here from MRT says oil downturn, leaving Houston towers empty. I don't know if that is probably an overstatement, um, but the, the discussion here is that uh, there's a lot of businesses that are not operating at the capacity they were pre pandemic. And most of those are going to be oil and gas companies. So, According to this article, the Houston has a a bit of a uh, a difficult situation to handle.
0: Twenty four percent, it says, office vacancy rate, which is the highest of any major U.S. city. That's that's stunning. You know, you would have thought that um, you know Houston would have come back to work, back to business as usual. But you take the pandemic with the impact of the industry, then yeah, I guess it kind of makes sense. I I mean, uh, yeah, well. Yeah, that's that's
1: bad. Yeah, the, the the quote here is Houston unfortunately has been hit by a double back black swan event, said Russell Ingram, senior partner at Texas Oil and Gas Capital Markets. It's not only COVID, but what happened with the price of oil. Uh so COVID was definitely a part of it, but it wasn't the only part. There was a obviously with the price war and with the Saudis and Russians. Um I mean, before COVID hit, uh there were some difficulties already facing the industry and 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 by the industry, I don't just mean the U.S. I mean international. Um, And COVID kind of pushed everything to that tipping point where, um, well, we all know the story. So,
0: uh, I think the word is a bevy of swans, black swans, bevy.
1: A bevy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not not just two. There's not two.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, think about it. You have. This is why I don't like talking about the pandemic as it causes the problem. Obviously, it causes some of the problems, no denying that. But, you know, the government's response is also a double black swan or another swan, right? So you've got yeah. the pandemic, you got the government response to the pandemic, you got the Saudis and the Russians' response to their pre-nuclear oil price war to the pandemic. <laughs> I mean, you've got... Uh, the, the 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 vaccine debate, like you can just go through all like twenty twenty was like a bevy of, uh, of black swans.
1: Yeah, but what about shutting down all the schools, the lockdowns, and then you got the mass. Even the mass themselves, I think, are are uh, I and mean, just perpetuating this, uh, just drawing it out, man. They're just keeping it keeping it going. Oh, real quick, this public service announcement for all of our
0: listeners out there. Um, if you didn't know, Tampa Bay won the Super last night. And when they did, um, the New York Times, the Washington Post, at least both ran articles this morning, crying that people were celebrating in the streets without masks. So timeline here for you, um, March or April, we were all going to die, right? Then Memorial Day, we were all going to die again. Then something happened and mask in the streets wasn't really relatively anymore. Then masks became a big deal again. Um, if we played sports, we were all going to die. Then something happened in November and people celebrated in the streets, and masks weren't relevant. Now we're back to mask in the streets is death. So, super spreaders, just so you know, we're currently on a if you go into the street to celebrate, you are a super spreader. Um, for those of you who missed the memo, that things have changed back that way. So, I'd be called that Josh, but, but that was uh, that's new. That was new to me. I thought we were. After Biden won, we could celebrate in the streets without mask on. It was cool, but apparently last night we, we switched back to you can't go back in the streets without mask on. So just, just, um,
1: yeah, this schizophrenia is, uh, is gonna get the best of me, I think. It's politically motivated. It's yeah. Like,
0: if I didn't know better, I would say this whole thing is politically motivated.
1: So, yeah, um, I mean, and then, and then the question, uh, so like, I saw something where Tom Brady, when he gave his speech, didn't have a mask on. And I thought it was satire at first because oh, it's, right. it's, it's, um, I remember when Biden said it. More important it things are him going daily. on.
0: It says them daily. They tested them daily.
1: Yeah. For months. Yeah. Yeah, it's unbelievable. But, uh,
0: no, Brian, we were never all going to die. And that's the whole point we're mocking. And no, I will not wear the mask. I refuse to wear the mask unless I am going to. Go to jail or something stupid like that. So no, I will not wear the mask. And no, we're not all going to die. And we have ruined our economy
1: because of that. So We'll
0: yeah. not, not be supporting that.
1: Yeah, well, private businesses, I'll, I'll wear it if I go in and they require it. I,
0: yeah, I no, no, no. What I'm saying is if I'm going to go in the street to celebrate with my friends, I'm not putting a mask on. Oh, no, uh-uh. no. It's stupid. stupid. We were at the Shelton's house on Saturday night. We didn't social distance, we didn't have the mask on. We would have, you know, he would have probably kicked me out of the house if I would have put the mask on. So no, that's that's all I'm saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we mas- masking up is uh like a forbidden thing in, in the Shelton house. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding, kinda. But uh so there's a couple of articles, Ryan, that were I think were, were quite interesting, uh, that they came out this week. Uh, and this is more for kind of looking at what's going on internationally so denmark there's an article that came out denmark is building an artificial island to house the world's first energy hub so i I just read on this this is fascinating and i think we've talked about this uh some before what what some of the things that denmark was trying to do um but i'm thinking ryan this might be one of the best things for the oil and gas industry i mean um and just follow me here denmark tries to build this thing they spend three trillion dollars And it produces like 1% of the energy that 1% of the money would have made if they would have invested in oil and gas. Um, I think stuff like this would, I mean, and I like the idea of doing this just to start developing these higher technologies to produce clean energy. So I like the idea of of this in general, Uh, but also I think it's going to point out how much more inefficient this is compared to um, energy that we get from natural gas or oil and um seeing things like this uh, gives me gives me hope that the cost as it becomes apparent to people of what this is actually going to be able to uh, the sort of energy this is going to produce um uh, people are going to start trying to i think revert back to oil and gas yeah. this is my theory my opinion We're,
0: brian's brian's honest about wearing a mask okay brian so we'll deal with this dressing quickly um Anyone who followed the COVID-19 stuff before it got to the U.S. should have known, anyone who followed it, anyone that followed it, um, they should have known that this was disproportionately going to impact the elderly and those who are, have weak immune systems. That was widely known by anyone who wanted to look into it. Um, and to follow the narrative since then and to presume that the, you know, Nancy Pelosi going to, listen, this is a right and a left issue. I don't, I, I could care less what any of these people say. They're all frauds. Um, Nancy Pelosi going to get her hair cut without a mask and going, Oh, I didn't know in her own state where she's the congressman at and she's the speaker or, or going to be speaker of the House. Um, you know, the Republicans doing this as well. So I, I will, as Josh said, if a private, private business asks me to wear a mask, well, yeah, I'll wear a mask. But if I've already had COVID, then, and I, I don't know if I have or not, but if I've already had COVID, then why would I wear a mask anyways? Because that doesn't make any sense. Um, and so I don't, I don't just go around wearing a mask because someone tells me to wear a mask. I, I, I have felt that require more than just this current potential very non-life-threatening pandemic in fact the the vaccination is less effective than the chances of me surviving the virus are so I mean open the economy up I agree but the only reason we kept the economy closed is because we didn't in fact like I say is if you look at China and how they've handled this um, it's quite possible that they duped us on how they responded a They did batch testing, which means that their numbers will be potentially a lot lower. Um, On top of that, they've uh, falsified numbers multiple times, and so the country who who, I'm not saying that they let it out the lab, but where this originated from it seems um, doesn't seem to take this as severely as much. Um, And so, and when they do take it severely, they literally lock people in their houses for weeks on end. So I, I, I have concerns about tyrannical government. You know whether it's Trump or whether it's Biden or whether it's Shelton or whether it's Smith. So my my, my thoughts and principles go a lot longer than a current uh, flu-like outbreak in the U.S. So,
1: Well, I think, I think one of the things I've seen people say is, uh, and, and I've heard people say this to me personally, so not just Brian, uh, but that the mask is needed in order to open the economy back up. So in order to get the people – that are in charge, Democratic governors or the Republican governors of the city to allow us to go back to normal. We need to wear a mask. I think one of the issues you're seeing is so like in California, they're saying they can only go at 25 percent capacity. They're they're keeping these restrictions in. Well, I don't think the mask is going to loosen up all the other restrictions. So if you wear a mask, we'll let you go to 100 percent. I don't think that's how it works. At some point, they're going to stop requiring the mask and they're going to stop having the restrictions. I think the masks are just one of the restrictions that they're they're keeping in place. And in my opinion, the economy is in desperate need to go back to 100 percent. I mean, we need we need to open this thing back up. Schools, restaurants. I mean, a lot of the restaurant owners that I know. I mean, this these 25 or 50 percent capacities is killing them. Uh, It is killing them. Now, there are companies like Chick-fil-A that have learned to just dominate, you know, with the way they're handling things. So they're they're turning a profit and doing well. But all these dine in places, I mean, they're getting they're getting absolutely destroyed and wearing a mask isn't helping them.
0: Yeah, that's actually not true. If you look at the numbers with the mask, California has been the most restrictive with lockdowns and things like that. Um, And there it's just not true. I mean, go look at the numbers. Sorry. It's not true. Bad numbers don't go down. First off. We get to the sensitivity of the test, the rapid test, and there's a thousand things we get into, but um, we need to move on. But I would simply say, if if you don't want to get out, then don't get out. Like, I'm not saying that you should be forced to leave your home. Right. And and furthermore, virus. as I said before, there's a reason New Zealand has declared victory over the virus twice. (laughs) Okay, twice. It's because you can't just make this thing magically go away. It's not how it works. If it were to just magically go away, we wouldn't have the flu anymore. We could just cure the flu one year. The world could get together and say, you know what? We're going to cure the flu and just boom, be over. It's not how it works. We locked in our houses for weeks at the beginning of March and April. People all over the country stayed at home. And guess what? It didn't do anything. The numbers now are far worse than they were then. So it's this. It's not that simple. That's the thing. So, um, yes, I know if you don't go out, <laughs> obviously I get the point. But no one, that's the you're, you're saying to us wear a mask and so we're saying no we don't want to wear a mask if, if you if we're required to wear one we will but I'll give you one story and we'll move on when I was in Milwaukee um, I sat downtown at this um, restaurant and I asked them you know about the about how it was going it was 25 percent capacity and they said they're being decimated and I said, well why you know the people don't want to come in because 25 percent, you know, that's not that's not a lot. You think about a small restaurants, it's just not a lot of people. You know, how many people can come in? If you have a hundred people, it's twenty-five people at a restaurant, right? So twenty-five percent. Okay. Um and they say, um, well, you think about you know, twenty-five percent of chilies, that's not a lot of people. So you're like, okay, I'm well, i got to risk getting out going to Chili's, and only 25 people there, gotta wait, you know, okay. On top of that, I gotta wear the mask, it's a hassle. But I can wear the mask when I'm standing up, when I'm sitting down, underwear mask. It's it people don't there's nothing that about that that goes, Hey, put the mask on and go do business. Right. It's, it's a, it's a nuisance. It's, no. um, I wear glasses. So I'm fog my glasses up. So it's, there's nothing about it that encourages people when I was flying over the country, you know, you'd wear one, but you take it off when you're eating. There's no consistency here. There's no logic here. There's nothing beyond, um, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask, you know, go out and wear a mask all day long. But as for me, I'm gonna wear a mask only when I have to. And so, um, I don't, I don't know why I don't know why that is so controversial, to be quite honest with you um, at this point, especially when, for seriously, go look at the coverage of the Biden election in the streets and how people, it was not a super spreader, but now it's a super spreader. That's the point that the people who tell you to believe these things, they don't believe these things. So.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it doesn't help that in general, everything that I've looked at, I mean, uh, was it the Danish study where they it was the the only controlled experiment where they got I think it was 6500 people half wore a mask half didn't and it was statistically negligible I mean it was the only um, uh, controlled uh, double-blind experiment that was done on on the mask and so and and it, so yeah I, I, it's one of those things too where if you're trying to satisfy the tyrants who enforce the rules uh, that's one thing. Um, but believing that they actually work is is another matter altogether. Um, and I think I think like you said, Ron, we need to move on. But um, I, I'm ready to get back to normal. And I think that the the mass is just going to propagate fear and and keep people from going back to normal. Uh, honestly. So, all right. Uh, Chevron offers to buy full control of Noble Pipeline Unit. Um, so they. Uh, if you've been following Chevron, they um, they they offered to buy the sh- shares in pipeline operator Noble Midstream that it doesn't already own. Um, so they bought a lot of it, but I, I guess there were some aspects of this pipeline that they did not uh, purchase when they acquired Noble. So it looks like Chevron is going not necessarily all in, but more in on this Noble purchase, and apparently it is prov- proving lucrative. So. Uh, Good news to see that. And uh, another one, rig count approaches 200 in the Permian Basin. I think it jumped up 18 this week. Um, I read that somewhere. So I think it jumped up 18 this week. So rig counts coming back, increasing. And last but not least, Ryan, this is more of an international thing as well. Small scale reactors, large scale potential. Um, There was just an international article where, Nuclear power has significant potential, and they're looking at using that in uh, South Africa uh, with small modular reactors. We've talked about this before, but it's coming up in the news again, and it uh, looks like nuclear energy is being looked at for um, areas like this. I don't know if it's actually viable for South Africa or if it would be better to rely on you know natural gas and oil or coal there and use these nuclear reactors in other spots that are more developed. I don't know. I, I, there's a lot to a lot to learn about all that.
0: Yeah, and let us know, we we'll wrap up here. Do you wear a mask? Like, I'm curious. So, again, if, if a business says wear a mask, I'll put one on. I think it's silly for the most part. Um, and I would not wear one if I won the Super Bowl, and I would not wear one in the party, in the streets, after the Super Bowl, just like people didn't after the Biden election, and no one got mad about that. The hypocrisy is the point here, um, just like Nancy Pelosi. Not realizing she had to wear once she got her haircut, despite telling you daily how important it is. Anyways, uh, so let us know. I'm curious what people think. Josh, with that, I'm guessing that's it for the day. We'll be yep. back next week. Be sure to check out the webinar Thursday with Jay Young. Until then, keep climbing.